welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is the amazing Thea Doyle, who is a qualified nutritionist and the founder of Eat by Design, which is a very exciting up and coming app, which I cannot wait for her to tell you all about. This um, podcast episode has been a long time coming and we've been chatting about her app for quite some time now. And it's so exciting to see her bringing this to the market. It's going to revolutionize the way that nutritionists, naturopaths and natural health professionals provide their clients with recipes. So um, yeah, we've got some exciting things to chat about today, Thea. Thank you so much for being here with me. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm really excited to dive into, yeah, just chatting all about Eat by Design and I guess my journey to how um, I've got to, yeah, this part of my business. Yeah, it's going to be great. Let's get into it by chatting about what first got you interested in health and nutrition? Great question. Um, so I have grown up with just an absolute passion and love for cooking. Um, I remember when I was very young, just cooking with my grandma in the kitchen and she was definitely one of the biggest food influences over my life. And, you know, standing on that little stool in the kitchen and I think they're called activity tables or something now. <laughs> and you just would stir the pot or, you know, stir, make some honeycomb and whatnot. And I just absolutely idolized Donna Hay growing up. I loved cooking all of her you know, chocolate cakes and then Nigella Lawson, her totally chocolate, chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. And I suppose it wasn't until I moved out of home and moved to the Gold Coast for university that I got into more, I suppose, healthy uh, cooking and finding more, you know, wholesome alternatives to um, some of my favorite treat foods. And that's what really got me passionate about how to make nutrition fun and just quite simple and budget friendly as well when you're a uni student yeah yeah I love that that's so cool that it's been like a long-standing passion of yours and that's evolved into what you do today it's really cool yeah, yeah. Yes. so you studied at Deakin tell us a little bit about your experience studying nutrition um, and yeah sort of where you went from there yeah so I actually did my undergrad um, in marketing through Bond University. So I did that first and majored in um, business and communications. So when I left school, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so I thought I'd go and do more of a broad-based degree, which would open up um, a lot of doors, I suppose. So I graduated from my undergrad in marketing in 2012. Um, and then I went to work in more corporate settings, industrial marketing, and I just didn't really find my groove and I suppose it wasn't until I moved to Melbourne with my husband and began working for a nutritionist and um, doing some admin and marketing for her and helping with client notes that I really wanted to take that plunge and sign up and just complete my degree so I did that through Deakin so it was actually an online course so it was undergrad um, sorry it was a postgraduate um, certificate of human nutrition yeah. and completed that a couple of months before I gave birth to my son which was great because I can't imagine studying and trying to raise a baby at the same time <laughs> so I actually found the course it was quite broad um 
I mean, it was a good kind of overlay of nutrition principles in a way. Um, but some of the info they taught on was a little outdated, I thought, um, particularly with um, some of the other personal research I had done in the field. But like I said, look, it was a great broad course and it was definitely something that gave me that piece of paper that you do need in these in these situations in order to start consulting and um, moving forward in the industry. But like anything, you have to continue to upskill in your areas, whether that's reading research articles or connecting with like-minded people that challenge your views and you know, help you to question the status quo about nutrition. Um, you need to keep doing that. So that's my kind of thoughts on my degree and where I am, um, how I got to where I am now. But yeah, it was great to do it online. Um, the flexibility was was a huge tick for me and the reason why I did go with um, the course through Deakin. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And it's so cool that you have that combination of the nutrition and also that business and marketing background that would be so invaluable as you do build it by design and um, yeah, try and market that and get that out to the world. So they're quite useful working hand in hand. Yeah, I do. Um, I think the marketing principles that I learned at uni, a lot of marketing, like you never know, does this work or does that work? It's a lot of trial and error, but definitely those principles that were taught to me have just carried through from when I was in that industrial space and then just started my own you know, food business. My first ever one was, you know, rolling bliss balls and baking sugar-free, gluten-free cookies and selling them, selling them at the Brisbane market. So, you know, you need to know how to connect with your audience and how to position and market your products in a way that's attractive. So yeah, it definitely did help. And I think it was, it was nice that I did the marketing first and, and then did the nutrition after. But then, of course, in hindsight, you think, oh, how quickly the nutrition industry has grown. Would it have been better had I just done that nutrition study first and got really stuck into it um, and built your social media a little more earlier on? But, you know, it is what it is and everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah I 100% agree with that. And, like, what we do and where we've come from, that it makes us who we are today. So yeah. Yeah, it's all worth it. It's all stepping stones to help us get to where we need to be. And yeah, we can think there's certain timelines, but yeah, it's all happening the way it should be. And yeah, it's exciting to see it all coming together in this way now. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So you mentioned you used to have a company or business where you used to roll bliss balls and sell cookies. What was that like? How did you go with the actual product-based business? It was full on. So as I mentioned, I wasn't in industrial marketing um, for a little while. Um, but before that, it, I was actually working um, for the government in payroll. And my job in, in payroll in the government, I just was, I'm being such a quick work. I can get things done in like a very short amount of time. And I used to have a lot of time in my mind, in my hands to think about business concepts. So I'd be at work and I'd be thinking about, you know, business things. And I thought, all right, I'm just going to take the time. I quit my full-time job and started working part-time at a cafe doing barista work um, up in Brisbane. And that was great because I love coffee and I love food and I love people. Um, so I started that. And then on the side, I would, after hours, roll bliss balls and bake banana breads. And I would drive down to the Gold Coast and sell them. Then I would sit up with one of my good friends at Eagle Farm Markets um, on a Sunday and we would sell them and we would sell out. So this was over seven years ago that we did this. And um after about a period of a year, I contacted 
a bakery called Soul Breads and they actually started manufacturing three of my products. So it was a muesli bar, it was a banana bread and it was um, a nut and, uh, sorry, the seed the seed loaves, the savoury seed loaves with like psyllium pasta pumpkin, sunflower seeds. And I, that was, that went really well. We were stocking quite a few cafes in Brisbane, but I probably should have done like the accounting elective in my, in my marketing degree because I never really did the pricing right from the start. So I kind of shot myself in the foot. And looking back, had I have been more savvy with my pricing model and whatnot, you know, it could have been the next Carmen's, who knows? But <laughs> these are the lessons you learn like in life. Um, looking back, I think it's definitely, it's definitely taught me resilience and to keep, just keep going because you never know how close you are to a breakthrough. Um, and I think had I stuck to that, it could have been really successful. So with my newest venture, Eat By Design, um, I just want to do everything that's in my power to make it work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I still love cooking and baking. My dream one day is to own my own kind of cafe or, you know, just a salad bar. Uh, there's an amazing salad bar in Brisbane called Botanica, Botanic um, Salads, Botanica Salads, and something similar to that, setting that up on the Sunshine Coast would be ideal. So just cooking for people and others is really my passion um, in life. That's what makes me really happy. So making these bliss balls was, yeah, it was a passion project and probably too much of a passion project. I needed to have a little bit of um, business sense behind it as well. <laughs> so that's a tip to anyone out there. <laughs> Russ, Price your time. I never, never included my time. Yeah, so important. Time is the most valuable thing we have. <laughs> yeah, that's such a cool experience and you would have learned so much from that. Um, and I really look forward to the day that you do open your cafe. I will definitely be visiting. <laughs> we'll be hearing for, for you. Very um, good. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about Eat by Design. Yeah. So first of all, I should mention our Eat By Design meal kit boxes because that's what really started off um, the concept of Eat By Design app. So we currently have dietary specific meal boxes that we um, run in conjunction with the Leaf Store in Elwood and in Hawthorne in Melbourne. So they're an amazing grocer. And we have three meal kits available each week. So we have our low FODMAP, our gluten-free and our plant-based meal kits. Mm-hmm. So I first started by connecting with uh, nutritionists and dietitians all around Australia and getting them to write recipes for our meal kits. So mm-hmm. we're still running that and they're still available through the Leaf store. So meal kits go out every Monday, new menu is released Wednesday. So that's that's um, kind of how the Eat By Design concept started because a lot of people were asking for dietary specific recipes or to get recipes from their nutritionists that they trusted and knew. So fast forward, you know, probably three years now, um, I decided to give Eat By Design app a go. Um, So Eat By Design app is essentially, it's an online tool for nutritionists and dietitians and other qualified health providers to really better engage their clients through the sharing of recipes and meal plans. So it is a online platform and it's also a consumer-based app. And if you are a qualified dietitian or nutritionist or naturopath or health coach, then you can sign up to our platform where you will get access to our Eat By Design recipes that we have created for you that you can clone and edit and share with your clients yourself 
or you can upload your own recipes onto the platform. Um, so in addition to being able to upload recipes, you can create meal plans on the platform and then essentially you share these with your clients. So you may have had a consult with your client and you're potentially still using Word documents or PDFs or, or eBooks or, you know, hyperlinks to recipes. Well, you can simply just send an invite to your client for them to access the recipes that they have prescribed for you. Now, this is really powerful in the way that, you know, if you have specific dietary conditions or you really need to follow a diet closely, then this app will allow you to have great compliance. So week to week, you'll be able to see what meals you need to eat, you know, each day. You'll also be able to create shopping lists on the platform and email them to yourself. So it's really quite easy then for the other clients that you have, which may not require specific meal plans, you might just want to share with them, you know, 50 or 100 recipes or do that with your followers on Instagram. So the difference with our model is that it's a subscription-based model. So you have the power to decide what you would like to charge your client each month to have access to your recipes. So it's a great way for you as a health provider to earn a secondary income and also to just really maintain that close connection uh, and feedback with your clients um, and potential clients too. Like I mentioned, if you've got followers who you want to share recipes with that you just don't want to be posting them on Instagram for free anymore um, or creating eBooks that cost you hundreds and take hours to do, well, you can do this on our platform. So it's literally just kicked off in the last week. We've done a very soft launch um, with a handful of dietitians and nutritionists and we'll just see how it goes these first four weeks, um, iron out any little bugs. And we've got a lot of future plans, which you know, I'm happy to talk to you about tonight. Um, but yeah, it's still about just trialing it now and getting that initial feedback and, and tweaking as we go. Because at the end of the day, like our mission is truly to just empower people with the resources to eat well and to be well. And that's what drives me to, to make this platform as successful as it possibly can be. So that was quite long-winded. Um, <laughs> go ahead and ask me any questions. <laughs> There's a lot to say about it like yeah it's just so yeah. inspiring listening to the way you talk about that and very exciting like hearing what's coming and what's gonna yeah what's gonna be next and that it yeah. is in such like um the early stages that is so exciting because where is it going to go now and how have you actually found the initial response from the handful of people that are testing it out like are you finding there's excitement about the idea of having such a powerful resource at their fingertips yeah to be honest i was probably quite surprised at the overwhelming positive feedback. I think when you launch something, when you are the founder, you're quite critical um, of what you've built or, you know, somewhat scared to put it out there and get that feedback because I've worked many years on this. Um, but the initial feedback, it has been positive. So we've got a range of dietitians using it. There are bariatric um, dietitians. There's a dietitian who deals with, children primarily and then we've got a couple of um more health-based influencers using it so what they have said is that they're really happy that there's an australian-based platform um, that they can use because a lot of the other ones are us-based um, and also that it's really simple and clean to use 
So we don't have unnecessary features on there at the moment. Um, and of course, if you'd like, you can book a walkthrough and I'll walk you through it all um, if you're interested in using it. But how it's laid out, it's, it's, it is clean. Like you've seen it, I've showed you and I've walked you through it. And they also love that the recipes available on there for them to use and clone with their clients, they are Aussie recipes. Like they're recipes that, you know, a butter chicken or a nice bolognese is nothing super, super fancy. Of course, we cater to the more like healthful kind of end, but it's also to the average Joe who just needs to eat healthier. So we're going to be constantly uploading new recipes onto the platform for um, health professionals to use. But for our launch, we've got about 100 on there at the moment. So that's a, that's a goal of ours, just to keep building that recipe database so yeah. that people don't always be creating their own recipes. Um, but, of course, some other feedback we've got as well is particular, particular clients um, of dietitians who are on elimination protocols or um, even athletes. So they need to, you know, put in when they should have their Gatorade in their meal plan and, um what they should be eating as a snack and so forth. So it's just that really that ease of having the platform as an app as well so yeah. that people can put on their phone and also the power of creating those shopping lists because I have been at the mercy of creating shopping lists from meal plans um, as a job and it is not fun. Yeah. So <laughs> tallying up how many carrots and then writing a shopping list, like Eat By Design just does that manually for you. So, yeah, that's been a real key feature as well. Um, and also getting a lot of feedback about the, the future of the platform is really exciting too about what features providers want to see on there. Um, and that's what all about is and what I want to be about into the future is just having that transparency between us, the founders of Eat By Design and health professionals to really build out features that, are going to be used and are going to be um, be able to help clients long-term stick stick to eating healthy. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. And so that existing recipe database with the 100 recipes to start off with, have you developed all of those? And has that been a great way to utilise your recipe development skills and your passion for cooking? Yeah, it has. It's, it is exciting. I do a recipe development for a couple of companies at the moment, um, so it's, it's definitely a balance. <laughs> um, there's so many recipes that I have saved on my computer and I've also written, um, helped write recipes for um, a book that was published, Totally Buff, the Buff Girls book based in Sydney with Libby Babbitt. Um, so that was a fun project to do. But yeah, it is. It's almost like there's so many other elements of the business that sometimes you lose a bit of that passion for recipe development because you've just got so many other things to do. But at the moment, like, you know, real business life, like I make myself upload five new recipes onto the platform each day when I can, when Darcy sleeps throughout the day, like you just got to make it work. Um, but I love that people will be eating my recipes. But of course, soon we will be adding other people's recipes onto there. Um, so we've definitely got plans for that as well. Yeah, because I think variety is a spice of life because if you have too many recipes of just what I kind of think is good, then it's just not going to have that variety that people need. Mm. Yeah, it's so cool that it's like that collaborative platform that you can bring together so many recipes from different people, different dietary requirements. Because, yeah, there are yeah. so many different things that people could be looking for. 
Um, so the more recipes you've got on there from different people and their different specialties, I'm sure that's really going to benefit everyone. Were our Eat By Design recipes available for every dietitian or nutritionist to signs up to the platform? Yep. However, any recipes that are uploaded by you as the as the dietitian or nutritionist are only yours to see. So yep. I just want to make clear that um, you know other health professionals won't be running off with your recipes as such. They'll only be viewable for you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And will you be potentially opening up those people's recipes for other people based on a, a similar subscription model that you're doing with the clients? Yeah, we're looking into that because it's um, it'd be a great way to just enable people to, I guess, have a bit more of an ownership over recipes. Um, so that's that's in the pipelines, one of our future plans for sure. <laughs> yeah, oh, so many amazing features. That's brilliant. So tell us a little bit about what it's been like actually building an app and putting it all together because I imagine it would be a lot of hard work and you'd need um, yeah, a lot of smart app developers involved in the process. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's quite, well, it has been quite the journey. Um, so I did reach out to a company about three years ago um, who actually is probably four years ago now and they helped me with more of my branding my logo and and they could definitely do you know the app build side but it wasn't until I met a company called Red Gum Technologies three years ago and the founder of that company he started off as a business mentor for me so it was really helping you know sit down with me talking through my business model and helping me to define what would make it profitable and what would make it attractive to people long term so he mentored me for about a year mm-hmm. and then after that we decided we started writing up plans to build this and of course with that you need money so um, I was lucky enough to get funding for the platform via a business partner who will remain anonymous for now <laughs> so that was amazing so that enabled us to build out the platform so the build started January was in January last year. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. And now it's just completed now. And that's actually the build. That's not the designs of the platform. So there was a lot of back and forth with how it looks. So I had my design team talk to my tech team and I don't know how they do it, but they they make it work. Um, so we, what we do is have Monday weekly meetings with the app team where we talk about what's coming up or when they were building it, they would show me what had been built out. They would send me sprints of work and PDF documents for me to review. Then I would have to cross check that with the platform to see that what they had written had actually been built. So there was quite a lot involved in it. Um, But of course you don't need to have a technical background in order to build a technology platform. You just really need to find that partner and for some people that could be a firm like we chose or it could it could be or look like you partnering with a technical co-founder which is also an incredible option mm-hmm. and probably most effective long term because with any technology platform you always need to be making changes yeah uh, so 
paying those changes of money um, and even to just keep the platform running every month is very expensive. So mm. I think any tech company, you've got a bit of a timeline and one of the best analogies I heard is it's like a, a plane taking off. Like you just need to have a lot of momentum quick, otherwise it'll crash and burn. So we're kind of at that point on the runway now where we've just got to take off. <laughs> so everyone listening to this, sign up. <laughs> everyone check it out, book in for a walkthrough. <laughs> yeah yeah well having seen it like it is an incredible resource so I, I do recommend it um and yeah I cannot wait to see like where this does go it'll be taking off with full speed ahead <laughs> yeah um yeah so cool so you're working with those app developers and a design team you mentioned um I wanted to touch on you mentioned you had a business mentor what was that like working with someone to help you formulate the ideas and come up with a good strategy for the business yeah, it's interesting because he didn't actually have a health background. And to be honest, he was probably on the, the the end of being a bit uneducated about health in a way. So that actually motivated me even more <laughs> with the platform. And it gave me great insight into people's minds in that way. But I was fortunate because he had the techni- technical background, um, whereas I didn't. So he knew the limitations of how to build out a platform and also is incredibly you know business and savvy minded like he knew what was going to work and what's not going to work because at the end of the day if you're spending a lot of money building a platform you can't just hope it's going to make money mm-hmm. you need to build it in a way that is going to ensure that it has a return on investment um that it's going to flow and um do what it says it does um and also be able to scale which is really important too and whereas I'm more about, you know, the passion side of it. Like, you know, I want this to help people and and, and everything like that. And then there's a good balance of, okay, but it's got to make money too. So it's good to have those those two sides working together. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, you got to find someone that you trust. And I think we ended up having bi-monthly meetings together for a couple of hours and just really brainstorming things and going away and, like any startup owner would know it's just a constant battle uh after every meeting you'd walk away and there'd be a million things to think about or that didn't work how is this going to work or should we change this or should we change that I and mean, we hadn't even started building the platform yet and it's very easy to want to give up in any moment um but I think understanding and just staying true to your why and remembering that is what will get you through every time and I still remind myself of that daily because there's every day that I want to throw it in because <laughs> it's a long journey being um you know a sole founder of a business um of course I've got my husband for great support but you need that network of people around you in a similar position to you and that's something that I probably haven't prioritized as much and honestly really can't at the moment with a newborn because you can't go out and have a coffee date with someone all the time or do this or that or you know have meetings every night of the week because nights is the only time that you can actually get work done in a way so it's just I would just recommend apart from having a business mentor that you trust and who can be a really good devil's advocate get people around you who are in the same position as you who are either starting their own business or they have a tech startup particularly in the tech space you need to have someone who's gone ahead or done other things, um, you know, that you haven't done 
that will um, just give you that insight um, into what's coming up next for you, whether that's raising more money or um, setting up systems in a way or just connecting you with new people because money, of course, that's an issue, but like probably not an issue. So it's um, a part of business probably isn't talked about a lot, but I have never really worried too much about money. Um, I think that's because there is so much money out there in the world. And if you've got an, an idea good enough, like the money will come. It's more about reaching out to people and getting their feedback and getting their expertise, asking them for a coffee, um, just meeting with people because every conversation and every meeting, you will learn something new, even, even if that's about your business or a new path that you should take or even if it's someone that says this is not going to work at least it's challenged you in a way and made you think a bit more so um yeah I mean I've probably gone off topic there a little bit <laughs> just get good people around you essentially yeah completely agree with that I think it is so important to have that support network it really makes a difference and we can all yeah. go further when we go together yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah. What would you say are some of the important skills that you've had to have while you are building a tech company and um, starting up an app? Mm, time management mm-hmm. being number one. Yep. So in terms of time management, it's also prioritisation would come into that as well. Yep. So just figuring out what needs to be done first <laughs> and what can wait is huge and just making sure that you're really organized like time yeah prioritization organization I would also say in a way delegation mm-hmm. and that's something that I need to get better at whether that's getting a virtual assistant or um, something like that but my de- my delegation would look like hiring a tech team because you know otherwise I would just not be able to do it myself yeah. um, reaching that support another skill would be i don't know if it's really a skill more of an attribute it's just the the absolute dedication to it and resilience like you've just got to be resilient yeah you just keep going back and back and back and like because everyone will say it's yeah you'll have a lot of people who say it's a great idea and then you'll have a lot of people say oh it's not gonna work like mm-hmm. they'll just tell me it's not gonna work i've had a lot of people tell me that and they might be right, but until I know that I've done all that I can to make it work or think that I've made it work, then, you know, I won't stop. And you've just got to take those pause moments along your journey where some days I don't even want to think about it by design. Maybe I'll go a few days and not even want to think about it. I can't do that now that it's launched. But <laughs> before then, I feel like I'm giving it up. I'm giving it up. I'd say to Sam, like, this is not going to work. Like, it's just, um, I just want to go and work in a HR job or do something nine to five and just switch off. But, mm-hmm. you know, no one ever achieved anything really great without doing that. And I think sometimes in order to get to where you want to be, you do need to take those risks. And yeah. it's scary. They need to be calculated risks as well. But what I like to do is just calculate what is the absolute worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. And view it in light of that. Yeah more motivating like what's the best thing because like you know there could be lots of best things but what's the worst thing that could happen like do you lose all your money or do you you know end up just having to go back to a nine to five 
And you just got to give yourself that timeline as well. So having a bit of foresight is also a skill. <laughs> um, and just also being like honest with yourself and those around you and getting that support that you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you just won't, you won't go the long run. Yeah. How do you deal with it when people are sort of saying to you that it's not going to work or they're not being supportive? Like, how do you stick with it and be like, no, I know this is going to work and I'm going to do everything I can to make it work? Yeah, well, just recently I applied for an incubator program and it was the third time I applied for it and I really thought I would get in. And I got the call and was like, oh, like I just don't think it's like the market's big enough or whatnot. And I don't think they really understood our full business model that was probably my fault um but anyway like I finished that meeting and actually during the meeting he was saying you know my my dietitian prescribed me a meal plan and I said how was it like was it was it on a word he's like yeah it's the word document he's like I can stick to it it was basically like what this whole thing is about and I was like okay in my mind I was like all right okay and I just said to him like oh yeah I said I hope like thanks so much I said I so I really hope like, you know, you'll be using it a couple of years just to help you lose, you know, the extra 10 kilos or something that he said he wanted to lose. So yeah. I you know, went to that, but honestly, sometimes I'd finish phone calls and you just cry. You just mm-hmm. like, what, what even is this? Like, yeah, I, is it even worth doing it? Or you'd have a day or maybe, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's 30 minutes where you would just feel absolutely defeated. But, you know, I'm strong in my faith as well. And I would just be like, please, God, like, give me this the strength and, like, the faith I need, like, to keep doing this. Because I think without that, I definitely would have given up years ago. Um, and I also have a timeline in a way on it too with when I'm going to pull the pin because you just can't keep flogging a dead horse in a way. Yeah. Um, definitely not a dead horse yet just launched but (laughs) you know in a few months or whatever we'll we'll know and at the end of the day you just can't think too much about what other people think about you or about what you're doing like it's what you're doing and a lot of the time you can be an inspiration to people Mm -hmm. um you've just got to do what feels right for you and there's no shame in trying something and failing like you try six different things before you find something that actually succeeds when you find that thing that succeeds you've learned all these lessons and become the person that you are now because of all those failures and you're, they're not even failures. You like learn, you know, failure to you, you learn from it. I love yeah. saying that. So yeah, you definitely learn what you need to along the way and you learn those lessons in any way. Like even if you're just at, you know, a regular nine to five job, you learn those lessons. Um, but I really do believe that you learn some pretty, deep lessons when you're in a startup (laughs) yeah for sure gosh there's so many like nuggets of wisdom coming through as you speak yes yes there's like so many great quotes and things so everyone I hope you're listening well to this (laughs) otherwise go back and rewind that bit because there there was a lot of good advice in there (laughs) yeah it's very inspiring hearing you talk about this stuff um one question that I didn't ask at the start was what actually gave you the idea in the first place well, I was doing my MBA through Bond and I was sitting in an entrepreneur lecture and it was one of my favourite subjects and it really it just came to me out of, I don't know, I can't remember the exact thing, but it feels like nowhere. We were yep. talking about these concepts and I just thought, like people were asking me for recipes a lot of the time. I was like, I think that this needs to be like an easy to use platform 
that health professionals can just sign up and use, share with their clients, like something that's like the apple of food sharing rather than a clunky Microsoft version of whatever with features that you don't need and you're paying a hundred bucks a month for. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it came to me in a way. So the actual idea came to me six years ago. Wow. Six years ago. Um, and it wasn't yeah, until three years ago that I engaged with my business mentor mm-hmm. and then just over 18 months ago, started building it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's been a journey. That's really cool. So interesting when ideas like that just kind of drop in. Yeah. Yeah. Then the business name came to me on the plane. I remember that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, are there any other things like features or anything about Eat Butter Design that we haven't talked about yet that you want to cover? Um, not really. I think like I did say a lot at the start about it, but essentially it is just that recipe and meal plan platform. So you have the ability to upload your own recipes, create your own meal plans on there, or use our own recipes to create meal plans. And I think more than anything, it's that relationship between you and your client that you're really solidifying and what's been attractive to a lot of providers is having that predictable monthly cash flow. So you're able to create that secondary income stream for your business. And that's what really does set us apart. So it's through that monthly subscription fee between yourself and your client that you're able to, yeah, get that secondary income stream. And for a lot of practitioners that could be, you know, just they're just charging their clients five or $10 a month to have access to their recipes. But if you've got, you know, hundred clients a month or something, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and it's value as well for your client because they're able to have all the recipes they want in the palm of their hand, be able to create shopping lists. And our future plans for the platform is to integrate with um, large supermarkets and have other products available on the page. So we've got a lot of plans for it. Yeah, absolutely. And you can even recommend specific products, can't you? So that's going to be really helpful when you're telling people to make a recipe with, I don't know, coconut milk in it. You can literally yes. tell them which one's good and which one to avoid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stick with my favourite favorite brand of peanut butter. Controversial. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's even possible to have a favourite brand of peanut butter. I don't know. There's too yeah. many good ones. I know. They're all amazing. Um, cool. So let's chat a little bit about the Eat by Design meal packs. What was it like starting those up? Yeah, so um, Eat by Design meal kits, I had the idea for those and then literally just sent an email to the marketing team at the Leaf store. Um, so it was a one lady doing all the marketing there at that point in time and I just said I had this idea of creating recipes and having them packaged up. Hello Fresh and Molly Spoon, they were around then, um, but not huge, huge, probably not as quite as big as they are now. Mm-hmm. And she got back to me within the day and said, I've just talked to like the owner of the store. He was a great idea. I would love to meet and discuss it. So we met up, discussed it and planning has just, yeah, it all kind of just took place, happened. So I still write um, most, I'm, I write most of those recipes for the meal kit now. Yep. Um, so the process for that takes me a few hours every week to write the new recipes, then I um, create the shopping list for them for the shop to pack. So they pack all the items for me. So my 
role is quite hands off. It's more kind of virtual. It's the store, the wonderful staff at the Leaf. They're amazing. Who just pack everything with such care. We get all our meats, um, you know, from the butcher next door. Most of the meats, then all of the produce is just so fresh like Leon and his team go to the markets every morning so it meant a lot partnering with a company or business uh, that had the same real food really healthy philosophy as what I did and what people love about our meal kits is the amount of vegetables in them as well just the absolute freshness of them like the quality of the fish is just second to none um, a lot of the canned goods will be organic. The cheeses we use are organic. It's awesome. <laughs> when I say so myself, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's such a good idea and so convenient because a lot of people do love that kind of concept of getting everything they need delivered to them and just having to follow a recipe and cook it. But then you look mm-hmm. at things like HelloFresh and Molly Spoon, which are great in many ways, but there's some debatable ingredients in the sauces they use and might not quite be as healthy as us nutritionists and um, natural health professionals recommend. So it's really cool that you've created like the epitome of health in a meal kit. I, I think it's a really great yeah, concept. Definitely meals that I would feed my family. And yeah. during COVID, they really have picked up because people just want that convenience of having the meals and also their home a bit more. So they want to get a bit more creative in the kitchen as well and just need a bit of that guidance along the way. But definitely very proud of of what we've created yeah 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 well done and was that sort of like a difficult hands-on thing at the start or has it always been a little bit hands-off where you just do the um, recipes and send them through and the shop looks after everything from the beginning for the first four months my husband and I delivered the meal boxes ourselves and got to December of 2019 I was like I'm not doing this anymore (laughs) (laughs) drive around like in a ute delivering boxes mm-hmm. it was quite clunky like our process of how we had it all set up yeah and I said to the team is there any way that you were able to deliver these for us so they said yes we can do that now it just tags on with their home deliveries which are really busy so it suits them fine to do that but we've definitely changed our processes like we used to have deliveries every day so people could order the night before and get their milk at the next day but logistics it's too hard for the team yep. to have to pack up items um the night before and do that so now we have a menu that goes out on a wednesday you can sign up via the leafstore.com.au and you can get join the email list to get that menu every week and then basically you just head to the website order before midnight friday mm-hmm. and then you get kit delivered or you can pick it up on the store monday so we've found that process works really well and we've got our recipes available as pdfs on the leaf store websites we're not you know using paper or doing unnecessary items and in a couple of weeks the uh, eat by design meal kit recipes will be available on our app which is really exciting i just wanted to make that available to everyone worldwide or Australia-wide anyway. Um, I've got quite a few friends all across the country who would just love to cook along with us every week and have the convenience of having their shopping list. So that, that'll be out there in the next couple of weeks. So if you're not Melbourne-based and can't experience our meal kits, then definitely be able to view the recipes on the app. Yeah, amazing. 
And as someone who develops so many recipes, how do you get inspiration? Uh, <laughs> uh, you can scroll Instagram till the cows come home, but I think the best way that I get inspiration is looking through cookbooks yeah. um, or even browsing the aisles of grocery stores. I think just any mother knows the most relaxing thing is going to do grocery shopping by yourself without a child. You know, yeah. today like a good hour you know just by myself doing grocery shopping <laughs> it was wonderful and just like looking at the different products that are on the shelves you're like hmm what could I do with that um or even basing meals around spices and flavors and and different things like that and getting really creative and yeah. I think even reusing well, reusing repurposing meals so I suppose if you do like a savory mint then you can make it into a bolognese or a bake or whatever and then you can start changing the flavors in that so yeah I like doing that but I just also love sitting down and, and looking at recipe books and getting inspiration from other people there's no shame in that because you know recipes you're probably not going to be the first person to ever come up with a recipe yeah, <laughs> you just <laughs> you've got to get sometimes the basics right of like you've never made a raw tart base before then you're gonna have to learn maybe how to do that um you know how to put nuts and add the dates or add the sticky things so you, there's experimentation involved too yeah. like i took a base a tart tonight i made i made a beautiful lemon cheesecakes tonight they were divine for my dad's birthday so <laughs> is that gonna be in the app um well i actually recipe developed that for a company so okay then they have ownership over that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of your other recipe development jobs, how did you find those or did they come approach you or was it a bit of a mix? It was, no, so my recipe development job, I approached a cassava flour company um, and they were like, yeah, just uh, one recipe a month's fine. That's, that suited me well. And then one of my friends owns an incredible business called love your guts it's a it's a it's a subscription-based uh gut product box and you know i just reached out to her because to be honest i was looking for work um and she said yeah like i'd love for you to create a couple of recipes a week so i thought this is amazing like awesome so they're meals that i personally eat during the week um yeah. so like a snack one or a dinner, a lunch kind of one, uh, photograph those and, and send them off. And I think the photography side was always really challenging for me. Um, <laughs> I am not the best food photographer, but what I've found is really helpful is just looking at other people's photos or if there's a tart, you can just take a photo of like Googling like tart and then it'll come up with like different ways to style and different elements to do with it. So yeah, yeah Go take a trip to Kmart and get some little napkins or whatever and <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah, so I agree with that. And even Pinterest. Pinterest is so good for getting inspiration uh, for photos. <laughs> I haven't gone down the Pinterest thing at the moment, the tunnel, but oh, it's another thing, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And how about that book that you developed recipes for? Did they reach out to you? Did you somehow reach out to them? Like what was that one like? Well, I've got a Cert 3 in um, personal training. So I used to run boot camps through the Buff Girls in Brisbane when I was living there a few years ago. So I met Vivi Babbitt, who was one of the, the trainers on Biggest Loser. So I met her uh, through Buff Girls because it was a franchise underneath her Sydney-based Buff Girls group that I set up. 
And she knew that I had just an absolute love and passion for cooking and asked me if I could develop, I think it was close to 70 recipes. Wow. In two months. And I was joking, but it was really full on. So I literally didn't get out of the kitchen and I was living at my mother-in-law's at the time. She just thought it was wonderful because there were like seven recipes a day just everywhere and they tested them all and gave me all the feedback. Um, So I didn't get to photograph them, but I definitely tested every recipe and made made them all. So, yeah, it was more of that, that connection through me actually being a trainer and then her reaching out to do them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it just goes back to show the power of those connections and the relationships formed at any part of our journey as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've done some really cool stuff (laughs) and you will continue to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So if you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? Oh, you have put me on the spot. <laughs> Sorry, I love throwing a book question in here because I'm such a like little bookworm. <laughs> oh, to be honest, I haven't I haven't read a, like a, a good book or finished a good book in about two years. That's yeah, you've been busy. Are there any like podcasts or any resources for like nutritionists, naturopaths, um, those of us in this industry that you think are really valuable and you would recommend? Um, your podcast. <laughs> 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 to be honest I haven't had a lot of time in the past year to listen to a lot of podcasts or um resources and such it sounds really bad I do need to get onto that what are some of your top recommendations maybe you need to give me some <laughs> well that's a good question I actually I used to listen to podcasts all the time because I was driving to and from work all the time and now I've gone through this kind of like podcast route where I haven't been listening to as many yeah so I'm the same as you at the moment where I'm like oh nothing's like jumping to mind um I do like uh Dr Mark Hyman's stuff I think it's called Doctor's Pharmacy he's a holistic yeah. doctor he has some really good podcasts that's yeah. the first one that's jumping into my mind at the moment. But, yeah, I'm sure there's a whole bunch more. I quite, my husband's a big reader, so we can always do show notes. And I can list some yeah. of the business. <laughs> but um, yeah. I do do um, the Natural Nutritionist podcast as yeah, well. which is amazing. Because um, I find there's a lot of, like, upskilling little tips and tricks you can find in there. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think who else. Sometimes listen to Melissa Ambrosini's one. Mm, she's yeah yeah powerful one she's always got some good little tidbits in there yeah oh jcm clinic that's another good one jessica cox yeah yeah one of the nutritionists from there she's lovely done a little bit with um the buff girls boot camps in brisbane when we were there yeah Yeah, they're all very down those girls (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah but i also think you touched on a really important note there like the fact that you haven't been spending a lot of time immersing yourself in other content, you've been creating yours. I think that really comes back to that whole um, create before you consume philosophy that I often see on Instagram quite a lot. And I think it's really important because so often we can get really wrapped up in consuming all this content because like we could spend our lives just consuming other people's podcasts, other people's eBooks, e-courses, all those things. But if we don't take a step back and work on what we want to work on and what we want to create and put into the world, it will never come to be. So I think this is actually a really important reminder as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think before I had Darcy, I would, you'd have more time to, you know, go out for a coffee or go out 
for a longer drive and listen to a podcast or do this or that. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but you do need that quiet time to be creative. And that's that people undervalue. It's like you need to just sit in silence sometimes, like alone with your thoughts or out in nature. You don't need to have things blaring into your ear um, at all times. But of course, you need to keep learning. So there needs to be balance you need to keep it being inspired because often that i listen to a podcast and you, you're totally uplifted and i hope this uplifts some people listening today yeah. um and that's important and i think yeah i think i do probably need to listen to at least one podcast a week in the in the well in the health and wellness or business space to keep me inspired and keep me challenged so the resources that we have are great but it does need yeah. to be balanced with with time alone um in your thoughts and just being able to be creative, switch off some from social media and just get those those um those creative juices flowing. Yeah, I completely agree. That good balance is really like what we'll aim for, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I think we've covered so many incredible topics here tonight. And I could probably keep talking to you because I feel like you've just done so much awesome stuff. But is there anything that you'd love to leave the listeners with today? Any parting words of advice or wisdom? just go for it you know like don't don't hold back if you've got an idea it doesn't have to be perfect but you've just got to start if you're just going to sit and think about it think about it some more you are never going to get to where you want to be so you just got to make those small little changes and small little steps every day that'll get you to where you want to be and don't be afraid of um of you know failing or making a mistake or it not working just go for it because it's going to change your life in some way and probably for the positive and the people you're going to meet through the journey and the person you're going to become you're going to be a lot more richer for it so just don't be afraid Um, get good people around you who are going to support you and cheer you on and also be really honest with you as well um, is, is so important so I'm excited to see, yeah, what people get up to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, what a brilliant way to leave it. That is such good advice. And there has been so much good advice throughout this whole episode. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very excited for everyone to listen to this. Where can everyone find you and find the Eat by Design app and all the content um, and stay in touch with all the amazing things that you're doing? Yeah, so the Eat by Design, our Instagram is Eat by Design app. And then our website is eatbydesignapp.com. Now on there, because we're still doing our soft launch, you can register your details. As soon as you register your details, you can either book in a 30-minute walkthrough of the platform um, or we'll get in touch with you to organise that walkthrough. As it is a soft launch, we're taking on new people. This is end of July, so in three weeks' time. So it'll be mid-August that we'll take on more people onto the platform. So if you are qualify an nutritional or dietitian and want to get to know or learn more about the platform you can do that right away but you probably won't be able to start practicing on on the platform until mid-august which gives you plenty of time to kind of get your recipes together or to communicate with your clients um, what you're going to be sharing with them so i'd love for you to do that and that was um eatbydesignapp.com that you register on there Amazing. And that'll actually probably work quite well with when this episode is released. So it'll be great to yeah have this soft launch and get some more people on board. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight, Thea. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you and yeah, 
I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it, and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me, and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality. Thank you.